AM1600KIVABQ.FM, rockoftalk.com here on this beautiful Saturday in December. I'm Eddie Aragon, The Rock of Talk. Glad to be here with you for another edition of Life Imagined with Dr. William Summers. It is not a call-in show this week. Uh, this is a pre-recorded show. So please go ahead and text all your questions directly into 505-550-5500. That's 505-550-5500. As we say good morning to our host, Dr. William Summers. How are you, Dr. Summers? Excellent. In fact, uh, super good because we got some moisture up in the mountains yesterday. It, it uh, A snow flurry. I didn't think that happened anymore. Yeah, it's been dry and it's been uh, unseasonably warm, too, to kick things off, but it should also be stated that we are not into officially into winter as of yet. That comes next week. Yeah, absolutely. All right, Dr. Summers, got a lot of things to get to. We'll uh, check back in with uh, Peter Navarro uh, just a little bit. Uh, but from my standpoint, uh, Dr. Summers isn't going to give a big uh, COVID update. He's going to comment on some of the information that I have. Of course, our health hacks, uh, history you're not supposed to know, maybe uh, some other things, including some quotes and quips to kick off the show. Dr. Summers, take it away. Yeah, I want to go to uh, one of my favorite presidents, Abraham Lincoln, and uh, address this one towards Dementia, Dementia Joe Biden and the Democrat Party. And Abe Lincoln once famously said, you can fool some of the people all of the time and all of the people some of the time, but you cannot fool all of the people all of the time. And I think that there's going to be a reckoning in 2022, Eddie, because you can't fool all of the people all of the time. Yeah, that's true. And, and then I, yeah, another, and then I want to take something then from Mark Twain, who uh, once brilliantly said, never argue with stupid people because they drag you down to their level and then they beat you with their experience. Have you ever <laughs> had that happen? Yeah, to you? yeah, absolutely. <laughs> that's a good one. And, Mark Twain also said, loyalty to your country, always. Loyalty to the government, well, when it deserves it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Dr. Summers, we have to remember in these troubled times. Yes, remember that fear is a reaction, but courage is a decision. So and folks choose to be courageous. And the purpose of this show, Dr. Summers, is? We're here to educate and empower you, the listener, as much as we can. Remember, you can get your memory vitalizer in your life. Imagine at local stores, including Sharon Care Pharmacy in Belen, Durant Central Pharmacy, Sam's Region Pharmacy, Highland Pharmacy, Best Buy Pharmacy, Manal Pharmacy, Evergreen Herbal Market in Rio Rancho, Moses Country Store in 4th Street, the Village Apothecary in Cedar Crest. You can also go to Care Drug in Aztec, New Mexico, Sierra Blanca Pharmacy in Rio Dosa, New Mexico. How about going to the website, Dr. Summers? You love that. Memoryvitalizer.com. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and uh, you can also go to lifelink.com if you like. Um, but memoryvitalizer.net, excuse me, memoryvitalizer.net is the place you want to go. But if you order direct, you still get that free gift, right? Yes, absolutely. 800-606-0192. That's 800-606-0192. Dr. Summers, I'm going to go with a little bit of a Rona madness uh, with what we uh, opened up with on our Friday show. And I'm just going to go ahead and throw out the name of the media or the news agency that put out this headline and I'm going to go all the way down and I'm just going to get your comments because this is the week that was in the uh, COVID-19 for this from KRQE news 13 study finds apparent increase in myopericarditis after COVID-19 vaccination. 
This according to CDC data of 2,300 reports occurred from 2019 to 2020 of those nearly 2,000 reported in 2021. So 2021, okay, or excuse me, 1990 to 2021, there were 2,300 reports of myocarditis occurred, okay? And in that CDC data, 2,000 of those happened since the vaccine. There, now I said it correctly. Yeah, and probably because of the vaccine. Now, the illness itself, COVID-19 in its original form, had a 15% incidence of myocarditis. But it turns out that the vaccine itself has an apparent high incidence of myocarditis, which is one of the reasons it is these three vaccines or alleged vaccines are the most dangerous vaccines in the history of vaccines. There are over 200 vaccines available for everything from, frankly, chicken pox to mumps to measles to tetanus, etc. And all 200 don't have as many side effects as the COVID-19 vaccines. So that's my comment on that. All right, here we go. Uh, Friday deadline looms, the source of KRQE, for Santa Fe County employees to show proof of vaccination. Uh, this was actually yesterday. And the Santa Fe County employees who are not in compliance with the county's vaccination policy by yesterday will be fired, according to County Sheriff's Office alone. 88 employees submitted proof of vaccination, 26 have not. So it looks like 26 people are going to be out of a job. 63 county employees have applied. If an exemption is denied for those uh, uh, 63, the employees have 30 days to show proof of vaccination. Yeah, that is just a touch on the dictatorial side, which I think is legal in the United States at a local level. It's just not legal, legal at a federal level. And I see that Mr. Biden keeps getting overturned by the courts and trying to impress his mandate, right? Not just the uh, courts. The Senate also voted 52-48 earlier this week, Dr. Summers. Dr. Scrace uh, says, quote-unquote, this from the Albuquerque Journal, unvaccinated individuals are fueling the virus, according to uh, the Dr. Scrace. Uh, he says the fuel for this fire is unvaccinated individuals. Uh, he said during a media briefing uh, this past week, we want people to use the test. We want people to have really easy access to testing. And we want people to provide as much information as we can so we can act on that results. Nearly 75%, this is interesting, of New Mexico adults are fully vaccinated and 26% had a booster shot. How can you be 101% fully vaccinated if you're talking about booster, booster shots? That makes no difference. Uh, you can't say <laughs> someone is fully vaccinated because... Unless they have all the shots, that's the only way they can be fully vaccinated. Yeah, and some of the uh, folks I have the privilege of taking care of actually work within the uh, medical system. And, and what I hear through them is the people who are being hospitalized frequently are fully vaccinated. Uh, Senator Rand Paul joined in. Fauci, families should require vaccination proof before holiday gatherings. Well, Fauci is so full of uh, baloney, he is the Christmas turkey. In Scotland, this from the BBC News, COVID in Scotland, people urged to cancel Christmas parties amid the quote-unquote surge. Uh, you want to know what the surge is? Uh, it's not very high. The new variant, a total of 109 total of the new Omicron uh, variant the one that I Scotland call, is yeah, bracing the one, for. 
the one I call the Oh My God variant. <laughs> oh is, My God. Yeah, the, the government wants you to be afraid of the Oh My God variant. <laughs> uh, how about this, Dr. Summers? This uh, coming from The Blaze. Of course, uh, that's Glenn Beck. New York judge orders girl 11 to get COVID vaccine, citing against child scientists' fear in a legal dispute with her mother, who's not a scientist. Hmm. Yeah, I'll tell you, there's just a lot of uh, strange stuff happening. We'll let the science lead us, uh, won't we? Uh, as you stated earlier, another defeat for Biden's vaccine mandate, even as America passes another vaccine uh, milestone. That from the Libertarian Reason magazine, 52-48 vote. Joe Manchin and John Tester, Democrat from Montana, a Democrat from West Virginia, were the only Democrats to support the effort. Isn't that amazing? I think the Democrat Party is beginning to become unraveled. And frankly, I'm okay with that because that is the party of slavery. That's the uh, party uh, that took the side of slavery in the Civil War that opposed women's uh, suffrage uh, and opposed, uh, frankly, uh, the desegregation of this country. But there was the Democrat Party. There's uh, the party of the Ku Klux Klan, the party that pushed the uh, black community, frankly, into uh, ghettos with their uh, uh, programs under Lyndon Johnson and uh, destroyed the black family. Uh, right. And that's a party that I think uh, really is in deep trouble because they have elected now the first demented president of the United States. Good one. All right. Finally, uh, well, last two. New Mexico health officials, uh, Dr. Summers, are now expecting the first Omicron case soon. Brace. Brace. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, and then finally, uh, I think we mentioned this before. Did business trip to South Africa spark world's biggest Omicron outbreak? That from the Daily Mail, your favorite place uh, online. So that was something that came out. In fact, uh, that is just uh, more fear-mongering uh, that is uh, coming out uh, of their, uh, and you know, let me just throw out some other very quick headlines. Judge issues nationwide injunction against Biden vaccine mandate for federal contractors. That was the right. judge thing that you were talking about. Uh, Alex Berenson talking about, uh, how completely and totally ridiculous is, are any of these, uh, uh shutdowns that the shutdowns are inducing a higher level of infection national in, in, in excuse me, national Institute of health director Collins, Possible Omicron will not be last emerging variant of the pandemic. So after Omicron, brace for something else, Dr. Summers. There will be something else you know. because that's the nature of viruses. They do mutate, but almost invariably they mutate to something more benign, not more malignant. Oh, interesting. Spanish flu, for example, we still have it more than yeah. 103 years later. Unvaccinated Nevada state workers to pay insurance surcharge. So if you work for the state, you're going to be paying $55 a month uh, for the pleasure of uh, not being I'm not uh, vaccinated. Being vaccinated. Yeah. How about that? All of these discriminatory policies are so against uh, free will and uh, the, you know, the Constitution of the United States of America. Uh, Amazing. Bill de Blasio taking a preemptive strike, Dr. Summers, against COVID-19. It will be the first of the nation vaccine mandate on private businesses. All private businesses must have fully full vaccination by December the 27th. That from uh, Comrade de Blasio. Not only that, if you want to pick up some groceries in New York City, you got a flash of vaccination uh, certificate to go buy groceries, which is outrageous. Yeah, absolutely crazy. And uh, other things in Scotland, every single time you leave home, they want you to take a test. 
mm. in order for you to go out. So it's not just the grocery stores, Dr. Summers, it's the city. <laughs> oh my God. And just to come full circle, and finally, at the University of New Mexico, oh yes, this from the University of New Mexico Daily Liberal, UNM encourages you to stay home. Symptoms aren't always from the flu or COVID-19, but with cases on the rise, it's important we be careful when feeling any symptoms that could potentially put others at risk that you stay at home. <laughs> and they plan, they, they pretend to run a university and a, a place that they call uh, for higher learning. And yet uh, they run around like chickens with their heads off. They're foolish people. Absolutely. All right, Dr. Summers, let's uh, jump into the health part of our show. How about some health hacks? Let's talk about the human body. Yeah, the human body. Well, actually, I'd like to start far afield with a guy by the name of Oliver Cromwell who lived back in the mid-1600s. He was an English general, a statesman, and a commander-in-chief of the parliamentary armies who opposed King Charles I during the English Civil War. You know, we had a civil war here in the United States, and England also had a civil war. And it was between the Protestants in the Parliament and King Charles I, who was an alleged Protestant, but married to a Catholic woman uh, from, uh, I believe, France. At any rate, uh, things broke down between the Parliament and the King, and the King could not uh, fund any of his uh, different wars that he had put on the continent and also in Ireland. And the parliament uh, finally broke with him, and there were forces supporting the king, and there was a civil war, and it ended in Scotland at the Battle of Dunbar, which was fought between Oliver Cromwell's new model Protestant army versus the Scottish Catholic army, uh, commanded by a David Leslie. And it was fought in September of 1650 in the rain, and at a turning point in the battle, uh, the English cavalry, heavy cavalry, sang the 117th song and rode into battle. And I wanted to repeat that 117th psalm. Praise the Lord, all you nations. Praise him, all you peoples. And they repeated that over and over again as they charged into the Scottish infantry. Praise the Lord, all you nations. Praise him, all you peoples, for his merciful kindness is great towards us, and the truth of the Lord endures forever. Well, I want to move from this to talking a little bit about the human body, which I propose to you is evidence of God. The human body is a miracle of God. Now, somewhere in my education over the many years, I was told that the human body has only about a dollar two eighties worth of components. That's two dollars and eighty cents in English. <laughs> and it consists of seven billion billion atoms. And these atoms, they don't care that they're part of you. They're just kind of floating around in this uh, silly form that's called you. Now, of course, the basic unit of life is called the cell, which is full of busy things like DNA, RNA, mitochondria, lysozymes, Golgi apparatus, etc. Now, the DNA itself is a super miracle because it's the instruction manual for making you, you. Now, it's divided into segments called chromosomes and then shorter units called genes. Now, these genes are then used to make 
proteins. Now, it turns out that there are only four different types of proteins. There are proteins that are called enzymes, and they run the chemistry of your body. There are proteins called hormones, and they cause communication from cell to cell and from organ to organ in your body. Then there are proteins called antibodies, which protect you from the aliens, such as the COVID-19 that we were talking about a few minutes ago. And finally, there are structural proteins that give our, shell, our cells and our organs shape and form and make a liver look like a liver and a heart look like a heart. Now, the interesting thing is only 2% of the human genome actually codes for proteins. Now, here's the mystery. 98% of our DNA is doing, frankly, we don't know what. Only 2% of it makes the proteins that make us unique and different. And 98% is a mystery. We still haven't figured out what it's doing. Sometimes we think it's silent, but I doubt it. Now let's take a drill down a little bit further inside the cell, go into the molecules, start looking at the pieces of the molecules, and we find 59 atomic elements in the body. And only 24 of these elements are essential. 61% of you is oxygen, mm. and the cost of that is 26 bucks. Mm. 10% of you is hydrogen, mostly in the form of water, and that you can replace for $14. And it turns out 2.6% of you is nitrogen at a cost of 40 cents. And I'm using the retail prices here, not the wholesale, incidentally then, <laughs> frankly, it gets expensive because 30 pounds of you, Eddie, is carbon. Yeah, it's and, pricey. And the cost of that is $69,500. That's crazy. Yeah. Still, carbon in the human body is rare because out of every 200 atoms in your body, 126 are hydrogen, 51 are oxygen, and only 19 <laughs> atoms out of 200 are carbon. But carbon is unique because, frankly, it's shamelessly promiscuous. Okay. In the world of elements, it'll link and latch on to just about anything, including itself. And it'll form molecule or molecular conga lines with hearty robustness necessary to build what we call DNA, which is a carbon product. And all of the proteins actually are carbon products. And so it turns out that without the carbon in our body or carbon in living things, there would be no life on earth. Wow. Okay. So carbon is like the, uh, that's the, that's the that's finger the of key. God right yeah, there. That's, exactly. So the party animal, the promiscuous party animal, it, as you're it, telling us, it, that's the one that gets it done. Yeah. It mates with four different things, oh including itself. Very promiscuous, by the way, Dr. Yeah. Summers. I'm glad you identified it that way. That way people can relate to what this party <laughs> animal is. And then you get down to some of the rare minerals, such as calcium, phosphorus, and potassium. That costs an additional $73,800. Those multivitamins, can we mine that and get the yes. money out of those? These are, these are truly rich, not just in terms of what you need, but rich overall. <laughs> and then you get into the really super rare stuff, such as thorium, yep. which is one millionth of 1% of you. So it's so rare, it only is 33 cents of the component of what makes you. Could we live without the thorium? We could, probably. 
The cadmium, however, is absolutely necessary, and we get it from the plants that we eat, and that's uh, 0.1% of your body. Mm-hmm. And then there's selenium, which is a component of memory revitalizer, if yep. I can do a quick plug. Oh, yes, absolutely. Yeah, selenium is absolutely essential for two vital enzymes, and these enzymes, if they aren't uh, properly fed with selenium or linked to high blood pressure, arthritis, anemia, cancer, and low sperm counts. So you see these components, even though they might be rare, are absolutely necessary. So when we put the whole package together, Eddie, the cost of all of the elements to construct you, a standard human, is $151,578.46. That's pretty pricey. It sure is more than dollars and eighty cents. <laughs> you know, you, you cannot order a human on Amazon for that amount. By the way, yeah, I, I don't know that you can uh, anywhere. So, uh, how many cells in the body with all this well, you, composition? What are we talking yeah, about? Real this, numbers. When you put this gamish together, and sixty-five percent of the human body is called water, but when you blend it all together, there are thirty-seven point two trillion cells. And if each one of those was worth a buck, we could pay off some of the national debt. I bet we could. There Pity. we go. Huh? <laughs> well, uh, we would uh, pay it off and have uh, $8 trillion to play with, maybe a budget for a year or two yeah, in the United States. The miracle goes on because just in the few seconds it took for me to recite the elements of the body, your body, Eddie, made 1 million brand-new red cells, red blood cells. Yes! And I'm those- a millionaire. <laughs> Yes, and those are speeding around inside of you to keep you alive by bringing oxygen from your lungs out to your peripheral cells at the tip of your toes and edge of your ear and all that. And these little red cells that were just made in the last minute and a half or so will make 150,000 trips throughout your body before they wear out and dissolve to be reformed by the bone marrow into brand new red cells. That's a lot of miles. Yeah, I mean, isn't that, I mean, it, it's a miracle. It just, there's no other way to put it. And let's, uh, I was, you know, we'll do this a little more over the next couple of weeks and talk about different organs in the body. And let's do a very brief, just overview of the skin. It is the largest organ in the body. It's about the size of a very large living room at 20 square feet. Hmm. And it weighs about 10 to 15 pounds. And unlike the heart, the kidney, the liver, or, you know, even the brain, the skin never fails. It's the only organ that never fully fails, even with melanoma. (coughs) What fails with a skin cancer is it metastasizes to like the liver and the liver fails. But the skin itself never truly fails. And it is a wonderful barrier. And it's absolutely necessary yeah, uh, because it keeps you you and not part of everything around you. And in that regard, if you do not have a barrier, you do not have you. And by the same token, if you don't have a border in your country, you don't have a country. I'm just plug that real quickly. Well, I uh, a little uh, a political acumen there. Doctor Summers is referring to something uh, that works in the body the same that it works in the political body. Uh, as well, or uh, would be a country. Uh, incidentally, just as an aside, and not to go too far into a digression of that, do you happen to know the most protected uh, border uh, in the? Excuse me, in the in Europe. 
in Europe, probably the Russian border. If I know the Ruskies, they're they're a little bit on the paranoid side. Not a bad guess, um, but it's actually Poland. Ah, Poland between has a, Poland and Russia. Yeah, the Poland. Yeah, the Poles are very suspicious of the, the Russians. Poland doesn't want anybody going into their country without them knowing about it, and you just can't immigrate there. They don't take Im- uh, immigrants from other uh, other countries. Yeah, they took a little bit of memory revitalizer that we sent to help a kid with ADHD at one point. Oh, yeah? Oh, wow. Yeah, we never did get total feedback on that. I only wish I could say hello in Poland. My son is learning languages. Uh, He's six. That's a tough one. Well, he's six, and he's absorbing them like I've never seen, but uh, he uses Siri on his phone all the time. It's like, so, hey, Siri. Oh, she's going to talk to you. Hey, hey Siri. You're going to have her say something in Polish. How do you say hello in Polish? I can't translate into Polish yet. Well, she's learning. She hasn't (laughs) broken the barriers of Poland. There you go. So no no immersion right there. There you go. Uh, Let's get into the, by the way, we're speaking with Dr. William Summers. This is his show, Life Imagine, Memory Revitalizer. Do you mind if I make a quick plug uh, for your wonderful uh, product? Because it's one of the reasons why I can be effective at doing what I'm doing. You can get it at local stores, including Sharon Care Pharmacy in Belen, Duran Central Pharmacy, Sam's Regent Pharmacy, Highland Pharmacy, Best Buy Pharmacy, Manol Pharmacy, Evergreen Herbal Market, as uh, well as Moses Country Store. We've had Moses in here. Uh, Village Poth here in Cedar Crest. We've had her in here. we got to get her back. She's great. She really is uh, good. Quite knowledgeable. Yeah. Uh, I'll mem- talk to her about Yeah, memoryvitalizer.net or order direct. 800-606-0192. That's 800-606-0192. Let's go to the brain. Yeah, the queen of the organs, my uh, favorite organ in the body. It's a very modest and extraordinarily unprepossessing organ. It just kind of sits up there inside the skull, it appears, and appears to be doing nothing, yet it is doing everything. Now, the brain is about 75 to 80% water. It only weighs about two pounds. And interestingly enough, it burns 20%. Of your uh, of your energy every day, just sitting there really? in the skull, twenty percent of your energy. This little thing is going to burn twenty percent. that two pound wow. brain, and it really is an amazingly interesting thing because if you took um, a uh, small segment of the brain and uh, just let it sit there thinking about something. Over a 30-second period of time, your brain would do more calculations than the Hubble Space Telescope did in 30 years of processing pictures of the and images of the universe. And one cubic millimeter of your cerebral cortex, the size of a grain of sand, can store 2,000 terabytes of information. Wow, 2,000 terabytes? Yes. Does anybody even understand like how much data that is? Well, there isn't a computer. <laughs> there isn't a computer that you can buy that can store. I think probably one one thousandth of that. I think the biggest computer you can buy is like a two terabyte computer. So think about that. And so that's, that's high in th- military. You need grade. a thousand computers, ladies and gentlemen, in order to uh, get as much. And remember, we only use what. Five percent of our hearts and ten percent of our brains, or something. That's not quite. We'll get to that a little <laughs> later on. Okay. But, Uh, I think that's one of those urban myths. But if you took all of the movies Hollywood ever made in its entire history and you put it digital, 
you could store it in that cubic, that one cubic millimeter of your core of your cortex. That's how much information is up there. Now, the brain strangely has incredibly high cholesterol levels. That's a good thing. Yes, uh, it, it needs uh, the high cholesterol levels in its cell membranes to function properly. The cholesterol actually uh, sits inside the cellular membrane of neurons, and it participates in cell signaling and transport of substances into and out of cells. It's absolutely, absolutely necessary for what's called fluidity of the brain. And again, the brain, if I were to put it in my hand, it has the consistency of yogurt. It would begin to flow out of my hand. And that's because of the cholesterol allows it to have a fluidity, and that's what makes it function. And that's why it needs the skull to hold it in place. Now, cholesterol, strangely, does not cross the blood-brain barrier. So all of the cholesterol in the brain, and 25% of the brain by weight is cholesterol, and the brain makes its own cholesterol. How does it do it? Well, it grabs on the simple sugar, glucose, and it therefore creates cholesterol from sugar that is made down in the liver. And the interesting thing is if you take these cholesterol-lowering drugs, presumably they do cross the blood-brain barrier and interfere with your brain's capacity to make its own cholesterol which is not a good thing. It is, cholesterol basically is a fundamental chemical in the body, absolutely fundamental for all cells in your body. But uh, whenever I mention the word cholesterol, probably half of our audience said he has fear and angst. That's all media. That's all media fear. Yeah, and if you say that to a cardiologist, they, they blush. And, oh. oh, my. Gosh, you know, your HDL and your ADL, like all of them. Just, yeah. LDL and HDL and, and LDL. Sorry. They have so sullied cholesterol. Uh, it's really quite sad, but anybody who studies the chemistry <laughs> of the body understands it is a fundamental chemical and ought not to be messed with. We know, for example, in the brains of, uh, victims of neurodegenerative disorders, such as Alzheimer's or Parkinson's disease or Huntington's disease or amyotrophic lateral sclerosis. The cholesterol metabolism has become abnormal and is frankly siphoned out and is part of the uh, neurologic problem. But anyway, uh, folks, the bottom line is cholesterol is your friend and it's good to be a fathead. <laughs> That's good stuff. All right. Dr. William Summers is in a particularly good mood uh, this week. Uh, our producer, Eric, who's uh, in the studio there. How much time do we have uh, left in our program this afternoon? We're at about the halfway mark right here. We're at 31 there we are. Minutes. Yeah, if we you are. have any more questions uh, regarding uh, Dr. Summers and you want to send something to him, as you can uh, text your, your question, 505-550-5500. That's 505-550-5500. Let's, let's have a little bit of fun. How about a human interest story this week, Dr. Summers? Yeah, I always like to worry about alligators, you know. Uh, I was doing a gig um, a couple of years back in Pittsburgh, and while I was there, and uh, I guess it was uh, 
May through uh, July, they found two alligators alligators in the rivers around Pittsburgh. Uh, so I was intrigued when I saw this story about a lost alligator being spotted in Massachusetts, which is no place for an alligator to be. How does it even get it? Could it survive? That's the whole point. It was <laughs> spotted as early as August in the Westfield River in Massachusetts. Not an environment that is really suitable for alligators, but it was finally captured this last Tuesday by a courageous kayaker whose idol is Steve Irwin, known as the Crocodile Hunter. Crikey! Crikey. And, uh, you know, the, the kid's name was Jeremy White. He was out there paddling along because the alligator had been spotted a few days earlier, and he found it. And he said, oh, the poor little thing was just freezing cold. Its eyes were all closed. And he whipped out some of our favorite duct tape, duct taped its little mouth shut and put some duct tape uh, carefully over the closed eyes to protect them and took it into the Massachusetts uh, Division of Fisheries and Wildlife and turned it in. And it was a four-foot-long alligator. Now, that's a pretty good size, and those things can do a little bit of damage if uh, they're lively. And uh, the Massachusetts Division of Fisheries and Wildlife said that the four-foot-long uh, Reptile would not have survived the cold Massachusetts winter. So, Jeremy White, good job. And if you have uh, pet alligators at home, please don't uh, turn them loose on the Rio Grande. Or anywhere else that they don't belong. Yeah, send them uh, back. Is it to, true that they have uh, alligators in the sewers of New York City? That's always been. I'm sure that someone has turned them loose, but I seriously doubt they're down there. One of the ways to destroy an ecosystem is to drop in a fish or some other thing that doesn't belong in that ecosystem, and it changes the chemistry forever. Much like, hey, taking memory vitalizer and life imagine, ladies and gentlemen, you drop a little bit of that in your system, it changes your own internal ecosystem forever. But Sharon in Care, a better way. In a better way, yes. <laughs> hey, we're not we're not damaging it. Uh, Sharon Care Pharmacy in Melinda, Rand Central Pharmacy, Sam's Region Pharmacy, Highland, Manal, Evergreen, Moses, Village Apothecary, or just dial direct, 800-606-0192. We're going to go, we're going to keep hacking away. I feel yeah. like we're chopping wood in here. We've got another health hack. Well, I wanted to mention that we're getting to a point where we're reordering the revitalizer. And, uh, you know, there is this inflation thing. Uh, I believe Glenn Beck estimated that under the old rules of inflation, we're at around 15%, which is uh, what happened in the Jimmy Carter days. And uh, that inflation is now reflecting on the uh, very expensive formulation of revitalizer. And for the first time in 20 years, we're strongly uh, considering having to make a price hike. Uh, don't like it, but uh, that may be pushed upon us. We'll see how it works out. Anyway, let's talk about rosacea. I promised a patient uh, that I saw this week we would chat about rosacea, which is a long-term skin condition suffered by a certain weatherman, I believe, here in town. And it is a redness uh, and superficially dilated blood vessels that often affect the nose, the cheek, the forehead, and the chin. And mostly the cheeks, you know, the nice blushed, super red cheeks. 
And you'd think, well, that's kind of a cute thing, but a lot of people who have the problem are not amused. Now, there's certain foods and drinks that uh, can uh, trigger the flushing, alcohol, of course, being one of them. But foods with high histamines or spicy foods, which is unfortunate here in New Mexico, can also trigger rosacea. <clears throat> Coffee or caffeine in either hot tea or coffee, or possibly even Mountain Dew, can uh, trigger the uh, the rosacea and uh, stir it up. But also, if you're treating acne or you're taking wrinkle uh, treatments, these things can also trigger rosacea. Chemical peels done by the estheticians can trigger rosacea, as well as uh, high doses of uh, trianotine, which is a twisted form of vitamin E, and isotrenitin. Now, the exact cause of rosacea is frankly unknown. There are a number of theories, one of which is that it is due to uh, infection in the skin, and uh, antibiotics have therefore been used to try to treat rosacea in the past, but it's said that the only reason they work is because they inhibit the stratum corneum cryptic enzymes, which of course are frankly related to bacterial infections in the skin. And the bacteria, the nasty guy involved is Bacillus olecrianus, uh, which is also linked into a mite called the Demodex mite. So these mites and these bacteria might be related to the rosacea. But like to speak to general treatments that uh, avoid the prescription drugs. That's part of what we're trying to do here on the show is empower you guys. And when you look at the uh, alternative health approaches, colloidal oatmeal is a dream ingredient for rosacea sufferers. And they put these on with uh, sort of uh, face masks and that sort of thing from a, uh, you know, nutrition point of view, nicotinamide, uh, vitamin B3, which is a component of memory revitalizer, is said to be helpful. Among the herbs, few fever is the one most frequently mentioned, and it's stated that the few fever has a component called parthenolide, and what that does is inhibit the serotonin release from platelets in the skin. So as a consequence, it inhibits the 5-lipooxygenase and also the cyclooxygenase, uh, and that results in a reduction in the blood flow and the blood platelet aggregation inside the skin, leading to the red look. But additional alternative approaches to rosacea include licorice extract, which can be taken as a pill, not just black licorice, also, green tea and green tea masks help. There is a uh, herb called coffee berry, and uh, that's in some of the uh, uh, different uh, preparations that uh, you can find online to help with rosacea. And, of course, there's the ever-popular aloe vera gel, which is applied topically to the skin. Also, raw honey is said to be beneficial. Or you could take certain essential oils 
and mix three or four drops of the oil into half a teaspoon of either coconut oil or jojoba oil. And the essential oils that are used for rosacea include tea tree oil, lavender oil, eucalyptus, uh, geranium, chamomile, rose, rosemary, and even thyme. Uh, so it's like a little tour through your chicken, your uh, kitchen spices there. But you put a few drops of the essential oils of tea tree oil, lavender, eucalyptus, geranium, chamomile, rose, rosemary, and thyme essential oils into half a teaspoon of coconut oil and rub it on the skin. Now, of course, you want to perform a little uh, skin patch test on a forearm first to make sure you're not allergic uh, to, uh, say, for example, chamomile. And uh, given that you're not, then you apply it to the skin, and that's said to be helpful. You might also add in turmeric. Now, there are also some mushroom extracts that are said to be helpful for uh, rosacea. So it's a big problem. A lot of people have it, and uh, it's an uncomfortable problem. But I just thought I'd toss these out here and let people kind of mull them over and uh, see if you uh, can empower yourself by going and getting some of these essential oils and mix it with a dab of coconut oil and apply it to the cheeks or the forehead or wherever. I'd like to go back to the, um, at some point, Dr. Summers, to kick off the year as people are like, you know, it's like the end of the year is a cleaning time. People have two weeks of downtime and you are very, very good at sort of restructuring everybody's essential cabinetry, what you need at home, in your cabinet, in your medicine cabinet, uh, so that you could go ahead and make sure that you're prepared for anything. And I thought that was extremely useful. It almost made, uh, you know, the health hacks, you know, hey, these are the things that you need. And so if we can get back to that maybe before the end of the year, I yeah, think the, that would be the, absolutely super. The home medicine cabinet, absolutely. We should review and expound on that. If you folks have some, you know, things that we didn't put in the medicine cabinet, uh, text us or call and uh, let Eddie know what else should be put in the home medicine chest for end times. Yeah, I think it's a very good one. By the way, we're with Dr. William Summers on the one and only Life Imagines right here in the Kiva, am600kivabq.fm. How about some history, Dr. Summers, that you are not supposed to know? Yeah, I always like to uh, toss into a little bit of stuff and uh, link some stuff together over 10 centuries. And let's start with actually something that goes back to probably 5,000 years ago. And if you recall, the most popular book on the planet is one called the Bible. What does that word mean? It comes from the Greek word biblos. What is Biblos? Well, that refers to a city in Lebanon. Lebanon, isn't that amazing? Uh, it's a very, city, very Catholic, very Catholic place. But yeah, uh, but well, now, also but now very run Muslim. By, yeah, now run by Hezbollah. Yeah, and uh, the principal city in uh, in Lebanon today is Beirut, about thirty miles, uh, twenty miles, excuse me, north of Beirut, and on the uh, Mediterranean coast is a city they called Jubilal, but it was originally called Biblos. And the reason for that is as early as five, well, 10,000 years ago, actually 12,000 years ago, 
the 10th century BC when David was ruling in Israel. The uh, people in Byblos developed the Phoenician alphabet, which is the basis of the alphabet we use to write our English or any uh, Western language, uh, any Roman language, or even Greek. Well, no, Greek is a different alphabet. Anyway, so Byblos uh, has become a great archaeological place, and they have found that it is occupied today as a city of, uh, I think, 20 or 30,000, but it's been constantly occupied for 5,000 years. And what they used to do in the uh, pre-Christian times was make paper, and they traded with the Egyptians, etc. And that was quite a, you know, an innovative advance because up until then you would use sheepskin to make scrolls. But what they did in Biblos was make flat pieces of paper that you could write on, and then you could collect them together in what they called a codex, but we call it a book. And it is that which led to the word Bible and uh, is handed down. But let's talk about the scrolls versus the Bible. Let's go back to the year zero. Actually, there would be 32 A.D. <coughs> when a guy by the name of Joseph of Arimathea, wherever that is, lent a tomb to Jesus Christ to uh, put his body in, uh, rented it for the weekend, I believe. And uh, nobody knows much about Joseph of Arimathea. Nobody knows where Arimathea is. There have been some who say Arimathea actually. Is that true? Yeah. Uh, they never a, could figure out where Arimathea was. Some have said that it was called Britain. Isn't that really, interesting? That is. And if you go and read in Romans chapter 16, the letter uh, from Paul to the Romans, he names off a bunch of people he knew in the early church. And one of them is called Aristobulus. And Aristobulus later in, uh, I believe, Acts, uh, was called the Bishop of Britain. All right, so there's a connection between the super early church and Britain that most people are not aware of. And all of the legends of Arthur and the Holy Grail and all of that, that's where I'm leading with this old story. But theoretically, Joseph of Arimathea went from Jerusalem to Britain and established the very first church in Britain and in an ancient place that has really been associated with religion since, uh, you know, early times, well before the Celtic or pre-Celtic times. And it's an area that is called Glasenbury, which is sort of west and a little bit north of London. And uh, this old church which was uh, probably Celtic in origin, was said by legend to have been founded by Joseph of Arimathea, who came from Jerusalem and founded the first monastery there. Now, that monastery actually still exists today, and it has a role in the Bible because apparently you're, by legend, Joseph brought with him some of the early manuscripts of what we call the Bible in Greek and in Hebrew and possibly in Latin. In other words, early copies of the letters of Paul 
early copies of the letters of the Apostle John, etc. And they stayed in Glastonbury and became part of their library. And their library and the uh, abbey that grew there grew in fame so that uh, it was ultimately sacked by Henry VIII because it was actually controlled by the Catholic Church. And Henry simply confiscated all of the Catholic properties, including Glastonbury's monastery. And it was said that the uh, super important manuscripts in Glastonbury were transferred to a secret location on the Isle of Skye in Scotland and the Hebrides Islands and preserved and brought back at the time of the Reformation so that they were available to translate the Bible from Greek, Hebrew, and Latin into the English Bible that we have today. And the theory, and all of this is, some of it's pretty speculative, I must say. But uh, when Henry VIII sent his antiquarian, uh, his uh, an accountant, over to Glastonbury uh, in 1533, he found well over 4,000 volumes in their library. I don't know, Eddie, how big is your library, 4,000? Uh, my library is about uh, 300 books. Yeah, there you go. And you've got a big one. Well, 4,000 was unheard of in the year 1500, but not at Glastonbury. <clears throat> but apparently amongst that library were some of the ancient and early manuscripts. <clears throat> now, there's a guy by the name of William Tinsdale. Oh, was, yeah, you've mentioned him before. Yeah, he, That's was, right. he was executed by the uh, Catholic Church mm -hmm. in Belgium. Uh, because of his mortal sin, he was a gifted linguist, and he actually spoke eight different languages as if he was a native. He could speak and write French, Greek, Hebrew, German, Italian, Latin, and Spanish as well as English. And his great crime was he took some of these early manuscripts that just came out of nowhere, apparently, and translated it from Hebrew and Greek into English, the first English Bible. And uh, for all of his efforts, he had to go hide on the continent until they found his hideout. He uh, knew Martin Luther in the 1520s and hung out with a great Dutch uh, uh, scholar who also understood Hebrew and, and uh, Greek and Latin. And strangely enough, his little English Bible for which he was uh, executed, 75% uh, of what he wrote is almost word for word in what we call the King James Bible. Uh, most of what he translated became part of the Geneva Bible, which was the Bible of what we call the pilgrims that came to this country in the 1600s. But it also became part of the Episcopalian Bible, which is called the Bishop's Bible. All of that work was uh, done by William Tinsdale in the 1500s. So uh, his connection was he had apparently access to ancient manuscripts written in Hebrew and in Greek and brought us what we call today's Bible. So I'm bringing it up to date here. Long story, but I think it's fascinating. 
And this abbey, this uh, Glastonbury Abbey, was said to be the center of King Arthur and his realm in the 800s. And uh, the manuscripts that we talked about, those apparently were the Holy Grail. Um, so <laughs> you're going to look up Romans. No, I'm not. Uh, I've been reading Romans. This is uh, amazing, uh, the amount of serendipitous connectivity between... Uh, I think it's I've the been way in Romans, Romans 16.10. Yeah, I've been in Romans uh, literally. So today, when we're doing this recording... Um, for, uh, this, this is, this is December 11th. Is it not? Yeah. So I will be literally getting through as the Bible is history, Romans 14 through 16. Yesterday was 11 through 13. Now <clears throat> I just want to say, and I want to, uh, you know, a lot of people have a hard time with the Bible, Dr. Summers. Um, it is a lifetime of study. You can't, there's, we got five minutes left. So, sure. um, we'll, uh, we've got a little bit little bit more and again folks thank you so much for uh supporting dr summers by buying his memory vitalizer and life imagine it's what allows him to be out here on this radio station um and it you can find it at sharon care pharmacy in Belen, Duran central pharmacy sam's region pharmacy highland manal evergreen moses country store village Pothia, and cedar crest you can also go to care drug and aztec sierra blanca pharmacy and rudo so memoryvitalizer.net dial direct 800-606-0192 okay so we were just talking about the different translations of the Bible and many people have a hard time getting through the Bible. I do. Okay. And you do want to read it as a book yet. You also want to study it for life's use. There's times, however, that you just want to learn about the Bible uh, itself. So one of the things that, you know, I did last year when I got this particular Bible is there's a chronological Bible reading plan that you can get through that you can In a read year. It. Uh, yeah. And you can read it as a, as a story. So you kind of like go through everything. And I got this back in April, the 28th, 2020, uh, as when I got this particular Bible, I ordered it. And what's also really interesting, especially for our Kiva listeners, um, is to get some level of perspective for our founders and in Romans, you know, Romans is, uh, you know, sort of a re return to understanding what sin is. And how it uh, ensnares your entire life. Actually, so this is, Romans is stating the basic principles of the Christian church are all contained in Romans. So um, let me just kind of give you on Romans 6. Believers are dead to sin, alive to God. Believers united to Christ. The conflict of the two natures. All the world is guilty, guilty through sin. And I got to this remarkable part that I thought I would share with you, Dr. Summers, which I know that you would love to echo i think on every one of your programs we talk about the founders and the patriots and the people who started this country and you know one of the things that's constantly promulgated by people is the founders were deists they didn't believe in christianity they didn't believe oh, benjamin franklin that's was just this. a flat out it's, lie it is an absolute lie let me read this okay because uh, i want to say perhaps one of the clearest examples of how prolific the founders were as writers is provided by John Quincy Adams. He began keeping a diary in 1779 when he was 11 years old and continued for 68 years until his death in 1847. Although he gave more than 60 years of his life to uninterrupted public service as a diplomat, senator, secretary of state, president, representative, for more than two decades, he never missed a single day's entry in his diary. And in addition to more than 14,000 handwritten diary pages, he also penned a dozen volumes of memoirs as well as many books and pamphlets. Consequently, contrary to what critics claim, it is easy to know what the founders believed about nearly every issue. 
including their own personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Consider some representative examples from signers of the Declaration of Independence showing they were not ashamed of the gospel. No, they were quite we, open. And take a listen to these. And I'm going to read these, and uh, you can bring up the uh, music in about uh, three minutes. Then we're going to get Dr. Summers. I'm going to make him cry. Oh. My only hope of salvation is in the infinite, transcendent love of God manifested to the world by the death of his son upon the cross. Nothing but his blood will wash away my sins. I rely exclusively upon it. Come, Lord Jesus, come quickly, Benjamin Rush. Charles Carroll. He found a physician and the founder of psychiatry. Charles Carroll. On the mercy of my Redeemer, I rely for salvation and on his merits, not on the works I have done in obedience to his precepts. Charles Carroll. I think he was out of New York, right? I don't know. I rely on the merits of Jesus Christ for a pardon of all my sins. That's Samuel Adams. Yes. John Witherspoon. Christ Jesus is the only Savior of sinners. In opposition to all false religious and every uninstituted right, as he himself says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. If you are not reconciled to God through Jesus Christ, if you are not clothed with the spotless robe of his righteousness, you must forever perish. John Witherspoon. Amazing. I'm not sure where he was from, but he's got it right. I subscribe to the entire belief, Dr. Summers, of the great and leading doctrines of the Christian religion, such as the being of God, the universal defecation, uh, defection excuse me, of depravity of human nature the divinity of the person and the completeness of the redemption purchased only by our blessed savior, the necessity of the operations of the divine spirit of divine faith accompanied with a habitual virtuous life, Richard Stockton. Exactly. And the thing is to understand why Christ's death was necessary. You've got to read Leviticus. I have a tender reliance, Dr. Summers on the mercy of the almighty through the merits of the Lord Jesus Christ. One Alexander Hamilton. And finally, Patrick Henry. Being a Christian is a character which I prize far above all this world has or can boast. Mm, Some great stuff. The Bible itself is called the Founder's Bible. Uh, and also you have to just look at it. You can look at it. It says a New American Standard Bible. It's the Founder's Bible. The origin of the dream of freedom peppered in with so many stories of our founding fathers uh, together and they were not deists. They were people who believed in Jesus Christ. Yeah. So great stuff. Dr. Summers, thanks for another edition of this. Sorry for talking so much during no, your show. It's but wonderful. Hopefully, no, that's uh, hopefully we got something out of this today. And uh, thanks, everybody, for tuning in. We'll see you same time, same place next week. But we'll be live right here in the Kiva, AM 1600 KIVABQ.FM.